By now you've heard the news. The world is back at war, this time in Israel, as Hamas began attacking in an absolutely shocking and barbaric way. In 2023, we are still fighting over borders, we are still fighting over religion, and it seems that we are hell-bent upon killing those that we disagree with. What a sad state of affairs in a modernized world. How did we get here? What is the Israel-Palestine as well as Hamas role? How does Iran and Afghanistan fit into all of this? Well, I did my homework over the weekend to try to help you understand it. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. America Emboldened. Greg, I feel emboldened. You don't know the founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another week of episodes here on America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, on the America Out Loud Network. Please feel free to go over to americaoutloud.news where you can check out all my colleagues' work as well as check out the 24-7 Talk Radio Network available on all of your favorite app stores. You can just download that onto your devices, the America Out Loud Talk Radio app where you can hear the podcast as well as all of the great shows that are broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week with America First Messaging. Well, here I am at the beginning of Monday, October 9th, everybody, and what a weekend, an absolute shocking weekend on national headlines. And I got to be honest, when it comes to Israel and Palestine, I do not consider myself an expert in any way, shape, or form. So the first thing that I did was I reached out to individuals that are much smarter than I am for information on what they know about this. Spoke with several people, and then they sent me resources and articles that I should be reading so I can understand the conflict better. And so today's show is going to try to help my audience understand the conflict better so that way you can cut through as to what is factual, what is conjecture, what is something that you should be concerned about, and what is something you should not be concerned about. You should know at the very top of the show, I am extremely concerned about what I am hearing when it comes to our own border, when it comes to what's going on with Hamas and how they got the means to be able to do this. We are, mark my words, as early as while you're listening to this podcast today, on the brink of no turning back, moving us towards nuclear conflict. Why do I say that? Well, Israel is already saying that they are going to turn the Gaza Strip into glass. Now, one of the ways that we could turn it into glass, and I say we as far as human beings, is by using nuclear weapons. They were asking women and children to get out of the Gaza Strip before uh, noontime, 
on Monday. Well, that clock is currently ticking, depending on when you're listening to the show, it either has already ticked or here in the morning, as we're talking here, if you're listening, you will be uh, waiting like I am for what is about to happen next. On top of that, we have a border right now that is wide open with illegals pouring in every single day. And I'm hearing that this is not a problem of illegals that are coming from our border of Mexico, that we have illegals coming from all over the world, including possible Hamas. And Hamas is apparently also having, uh, from what I'm understanding, terrorist groups in the United States that have been coming into our borders. And as a result, some of our major cities over the weekend took countermeasures in order to make sure that Jewish synagogues and other places were being locked down in the sense of under the surveillance of police. And uh, from what I understand, Biden is also aware of this. This should concern you as well, which is why it led me on uh, Saturday night to tell everybody, you may not understand the Second Amendment. Maybe you're on a, uh, a different side of that argument than I am. This is your wake-up call. If you do not follow the Second Amendment because you don't believe in weapons, you may want to wake up to what just happened in Israel over the weekend. And then if you really believe that our border is not secure, I would suggest that you get some type of weapon in your home to be able to protect your personal property and your family's lives. Why do I say that? Because the domestic military that our founding fathers talked about is very important in a scenario like this one. You know, for the people in Israel that have had their weapons taken away, I'm pretty sure right now they would love as people were power gliding on into Israel to be able to defend themselves from women and children being murdered in the streets and taken. American citizens were killed and abducted over the weekend as well. Joe Biden is responding. So how did we get here? How do we get to a, a conflict with Israel and with Palestine where does Hamas even come into play? Well, you have to understand the timeline and the global conflict, which is why I wanted to go in and figure out where did this all come from? And I've always thought that this is something that goes back to biblical times. I was completely wrong. It goes back to World War I and the fall of the Ottoman Empire. And so at the end of the Ottoman Empire, <laughs> if you ever want somebody to screw something up, get the UN involved. It starts off as a Britain and France and Britain and France are working during that time to figure out, okay, how are we going to create uh, a state of uh, Israel where we can uh, basically have people have independence as well as a free state. And so they continue working on this up until 1949 when the UN gets involved and they create a state of Israel which is signed through a series of truces with other Arab countries that had declared war on it. So by that point in time, this is really where the conflict kind of starts to uh, get a little bit crazy. 
So this is basically just a little less than 100 years old at this point in time. This is not something that goes back to biblical times. It was pretty sturdy during the Ottoman Empire and even before then as it went through its different phases. Now, why did the state of Israel need their, uh, their state, right? What was going on at that point in time? Well, I have often heard about the Zionism and people, when you talk about Zionism, you got to be careful because people are like, oh, be careful. You could be anti-Semitic for talking about that. So what exactly is Zionism and how does that relate to the state of Israel? Well, Zionism is a national ideology. It is a belief that Judaism is a nationality as well as a religion that they are tied together at the hip. Now, there are many people in the United States that would like to tell you that the United States is built on a Christian exceptionalism as well as being a country, which is false. The United States was very wise in separating church and state in the Constitution. But in Zionism, which is the way that Israel believes in things, they are tied at the hip, much like... Uh, people would say that the Jews deserve their own state in their ancestral homeland. Israel is the same way French people deserve France or Chinese people should have China. So they believe it goes one in the same during this time, going back to 1949, right? And we can go back through the Bible and stuff, but I want to move into this conflict during this time in 1949. What we find is Israel continues to expand and migrate into areas that were not part of the agreement. All right. So when uh, the British and French, they make this British mandate, the British allowed the, the Jewish migration. And a little bit before all this goes down, they decided they had to limit the migration because violence was breaking out. All right. So in 1947, the UN was like, the violence is out of control. And by 1949, they put the agreements and the Gaza Strip goes underneath Egypt's control. Now, follow that the Gaza Strip goes under Egypt's control. For those of you that need a map, if you're looking at Israel and you're looking at Jerusalem and you're looking at Syria, right? The Gaza Strip is all the way on the western part near the Mediterranean next to Egypt. All right. So that goes underneath Egyptian control. Now, there is war declared at the same time that this is all going on, but Israel wins and they continue to take more and more land from the western part of Jerusalem. And so Gaza and the West Bank was basically the only area at this point that Israel did not control after they had a decades-long war. By 1956, the, uh, it was about uh, the Suez uh, Canal waterway. It cut off Israel from shipping. So Israel decided to invade the Sinai Peninsula and the Gaza Strip. And so by November of that year, the United Nations once again sits down Britain. They sit down France and Israel, and they tell them, withdraw your troops from Egypt. End this. And so in January of 1957, several months later, Israel withdraws from Egyptian land, except in the Gaza Strip. And so... This conflict of them continuing to go in the areas where they're not supposed to be, uh, when I say this, the, the, the Zionist movement of Israel, it's really important to see that 
there was this idea that they wanted to give the Arabs their own spot, Palestine, for their independence while maintaining that, yes, uh, the Jewish uh, people could have Israel. And so continually, Britain, the UN, and France, they're trying to work through all this. And even Russia, after World War I, is trying to uh, uh, calm the waters uh, to make this happen. Now, we get then get into 1967, what's called the Six-Day War. And Israel, at this point in time, then takes more land from Syria, Jordan, and Egypt. They end up gaining more control of the Gaza Strip and the Sinai Peninsula. And so this creates even more tensions in the area. This continues on. And on Yom Kippur in October of 73, there's forces from Egypt and Syria that try to get Israel to negotiate a better term for the Arab country's independence. And during that time, 2,700 Israeli soldiers die during a 19-day war and thousands more were injured out of a population that was about 3 million back then which leads to the Camp David's Accords Peace, which uh, Jimmy Carter starts working on. And by 1979, Egypt and Israel sign a peace treaty at the White House, and that leads to Israel's complete withdrawal from the Sinai Peninsula, and they agree on uh, basically to allow the Palestinians to live in occupied territories under their own self-rule. And then a few years later, you get President Reagan, who says that he also supports full autonomy with some Jordan uh, supervision, and Israel rejects Reagan's plan at this point in time. Now, the PLO, the Palestinian Liberation Organization War begins, and Israel goes into Lebanon. And so uh, we get into 1987, which is the first, uh, what, where's my show notes here? I want to say it right, into Intifada, all right, otherwise known as the first uprising. Um, and this is Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza fighting against Israel. And the Muslim Brotherhood in 1987 founded Hamas. Okay, so now hopefully you're starting to understand that this is not a conflict that goes back thousands of years. This is not an argument over all this time. This is a uh, problem that started uh, with uh, the Jewish people wanting to have land of their own, much like other people might identify, and they tie the religion with their identity, which is called Zionism. Then they continued to migrate into areas that got into the Arabs' freedom that they felt that they had and their autonomy in places like the Gaza Strip, which gave way to the terrorist group Hamas, which grew out of their anger because of the fact that Israel continued to take the land and go beyond their borders where they didn't feel that they should be. And so the Oslo Accords in 1993 established Palestinian authority and Hamas is not happy whatsoever. They oppose the deal and they start doing suicide bombings in Israel as a result. By 97, their suicide bomb attacks continuing, killing 27 people, um, and the war is declared against Hamas. 
That's where it first begins. And so the second intifada, the second uprising is from 2000 and 2005. Now, Israeli politics during that time moved more towards a conservative right-leaning part. And Palestinians fear that, you know what? This is an ever-growing occupation. We have no future with the way this is going. And so Israel withdraws from Gaza, but then when they do so, they begin blockading them and basically trapping them in their land with no support for anything. So now they're restricting the movement of Palestinians from coming in and out of the Gaza Strip. And so now people are really getting ticked off. By January 2006, the Palestinian leader died, Yasser Arafat. He was also the co-founder of the paramilitary organization Fatah. And Hamas ends up winning the Palestinian parliamentary election, giving Hamas even more uh, power and seizing control of Gaza at this point in time. And at this point in time, they can now take the Fatah forces as well. This is where things begin to get explosive, which leads us to what no one should be really surprised about what's going on over the weekend, because now we have basically a 20 year unrest that's been going on since Hamas has taken power. So let's continue on. Israel launches an attack against Hamas in 2008 that kills 200 Palestinians and they open up a ground war where another 1,200 Palestinians are killed and 13 Israelis. In 2009, there was a unilateral ceasefire and Israel once again withdrew from Gaza and redeployed to the Strip's perimeter. In 2012, Israel kills Ahmed al-Jabari, who is Hamas's military chief, which then causes more violence, which 150 Palestinians and at least, according to these numbers, six Israelis are killed. By 2014, Hamas kidnaps and kills three Israeli teenagers, and it prompts attacks from Israel and rocket launches from the Gaza. And that conflict killed 1,881 Palestinians and 60 Israelis in 2018. At least 170 Palestinians are killed, and Israel responds to protest along that barrier fence that separates Gaza and Israel. By 2021, Israeli police, they raid a mosque in Jerusalem, what was considered one of the holiest sites for all of Islam, and that creates an 11-day war between Israel and Hamas. 200 people are killed from Palestine, and 10 Israelis. Last year in 2022, there were a number of terrorist attacks where 166 Palestinians were killed in Israeli-occupied West Bank. And then the, throughout this year, in 2023, there's been hundreds of Israeli forces carrying out military raids in the Palestinian city of Jenin. And in January, there was a Palestinian man who killed seven people outside a synagogue in East Jerusalem. So how did we get the Hamas? Well, if anyone says, well, we couldn't have seen this coming, they're not paying attention to the timeline I just laid out for everybody. I would uh, tell you that I did a lot of homework for this show, so I hope that I'm explaining it to a spot where you can understand it and you can share this with friends. When we come back from break, because I'm already almost 20 minutes in here and I'm trying to keep these shows like 40 minutes because I want to be educational and help you as well as your loved ones and friends understand this conflict. Uh, so when we come back, let me tell you about where the money for Hamas now comes from and why I believe we might be on the brink of an absolute disaster in the Middle East. 
I think that it's 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 definitely a possibility. And what blame does the Biden administration have in all of this? Because there is a huge red flag that is blinking that people need to pay attention within this conflict. And let me tell you, we are destabilized like you wouldn't believe here in the United States. So you, you should really pay attention uh, to what is about to happen next. I'm, I'm concerned. All right, everybody, if you're liking the content that you hear, you can always go over to support my show, buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. You can buy me a coffee. I don't get a paycheck for any of this, so I rely on support from listeners like you. And so I appreciate you uh, helping to support the show. Also, the network, they are so gracious to put my episodes up here with all the these other great hosts. You can support the network every single day by going over to americaoutloud.store where you can check out all the great health products that we have and so much more. So I would highly recommend that you support the network uh, because they help bring my show to you uh, through the podcast networks as well as through the America Out Loud network. And for that, I am grateful. All right, I'll be right back in just a few moments, everyone. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix Rx. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show, we are talking about Israel, Palestine, as well as Hamas, and trying to get down to the bottom of what is going on, what is fact, what is fiction, who is to blame in all of this, because there is a lot of blame to go around. Now, at this point in time, you should try to get to the bottom of who is financing Hamas, where are they getting the means and capabilities in order to fight against Israel? 
And then why would they want to continue this fight after all this time, as we just showed that we have basically three decades since 1987 of Hamas fighting against Israel's uh, interest? Well, we can go back to just 2008. Israel has put four wars on Palestinian territory. They've killed thousands of people, mostly civilians, and the Gaza Strip is one of the most densely populated areas in the entire world with about 2.2 million people in just a 365 square kilometer region, about 25 miles long by six miles wide. This is not a very large area, but there's 2.2 million people within all of this. And so Hamas wants to see uh, Palestine have its own respected borders. Uh, they don't go with the Oslo Accord. They don't go with all these other things I was just talking about a few moments ago. Uh, they have been uh, deemed a military wing terrorist by Israel, the United States, the European Union, Canada, Egypt, and Japan. So when we talk about Hamas, uh, we are talking about a terrorist organization uh, on top of uh, what's going on there. Palestine is not... Hamas, but Hamas has their own way that they want things to go in this conflict. So who's behind them? Well, it doesn't take too long to figure out they have regional alliances that include Syria, which is right alongside uh, Iran and the group in Lebanon known as Hezbollah. And Hezbollah already hates the United States and our policies in the Middle East and Israel and everything. And so uh, Hamas and what is known as Islamic Jihad is the second largest armed group in the region. They are unified against Israel as well as unified against the United States and many of our interests that we have over there. And so the two groups has become a little bit uh uh, tense at this point in time because they've asked Islamic Jihad to stop attacking against Israel. So even they aren't seeing things all together. So how did all this get, you know, financed and, and taken care of? Well, you might've heard a story on social media, or maybe you saw it in the news, or maybe you've listened to some conservative uh, talk networks that are blaming $6 billion that Joe Biden unfroze in Iranian funds. Um, well, there are questions given to the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, that said that the $6 billion in Iranian funds uh, has not been used at this point in time. It's expected to be unfrozen in the U.S. prisoner swap with Iran, but it has not been spent. And so there are no United States taxpayer dollars involved at this point in time. Now, I believe this is Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, who is uh, doing a damage control press tour over the weekend on CNN State of the Union to try to tell people that, oh, don't worry, these are just Iranian resources that we had uh, accumulated from their oil. Uh, don't worry about it. We had this in a bank in South Korea. Uh, don't worry, don't worry, under sanctions. You know, they have a right to this money, but it's only going to be used for humanitarian purposes. You know, they're 
not going to fund Hamas. Even though we know that there's a long-standing relationship between Iran and Hamas, don't worry, $6 billion, it's not finding its way back. It's going to go for food, it's going to go for education and medicine and other humanitarian points. Okay, so this is smoke and mirrors. The reality is correct. What Anthony Blinking is saying is technically correct. The money, the $6 billion that Biden has unfrozen, is not going directly from this fund in South Korea over to Hamas. But the $6 billion, look, they know, and they said the United States Treasury Department can monitor all this. They know Iran is not going to focus its funds on doing this. They focus their funds on supporting terrorism. And Blinken knows it. He even says they've been doing that even when there's been sanctions. It's done that when there haven't been sanctions, but it's always prioritized for humanitarian aid. And again, I come back to the proposition. These funds have always been under law available to Iran to use for humanitarian purposes. Why did Joe Biden send $6 billion to Iran when we already have a Hamas that is extremely uh, motivated in this entire conflict. And then what does that mean in regard to the financing? Well, Hamas came out and Hamas said that, uh, guess what? Iran is sponsoring all of this. In fact, a spokesperson, uh, Ghazi Hamad, tells the BBC that Iran gave its support to the Palestinian terror group to launch its surprise multi-front attack on Israel on Saturday, as cited by Hebrew media. So here we have the $6 billion. We have Blinken saying, oh, don't worry, that's not being used for it. And then we have Hamas saying, oh, no, no, Iran is supporting us. Uh, Tehran is backing us right now. Uh, as well as Hezbollah is helping us as well. What? The Biden administration has pie on their face at this point in time. They're responsible for deaths that are going from this terrorist group. But I don't think, from researching everything that I'm researching, that Israel gets the claim that they're the innocent country in all of this, that their state is a state that hasn't, effed around and found out because the fact of the matter is they're finding out a lot right now. And I'm not saying that what is going on right now with innocent women and children, it is absolutely disgusting. I'm not defending that in any way, shape or form, but if you paid attention to the first half of the show and the way all this went, you would understand that both sides in the name of religion are, <laughs> doing more harm than good. As I said at the top of the show, you would think in 2023 that us humans would not be so greedy about the land, not be so hungry for power, not be so greedy to need all of these things like Russia going into the Ukrainian borders and Crimea. You would think that we could get over religious divides. We've had crusades and people killed for thousands of years over religions. And you would think that maybe we could separate religion from country. Just maybe. Maybe we learned something from the United States and that the Zionist movement 
of saying that, you know, the religion and the country are tied together at the hip and then settling into areas that were meant to be part of the Arab land, you would think maybe we could just get along, give peace a chance. You know, all we are saying is give peace a chance. No one is right when it comes to war and it comes to finding borders that are not borders. These are imaginary borders. There's plenty of land on God's green earth. And if you believe that there's plenty of land on this green earth, then we should be able to all get along. Now, Hamas is psycho psycho group. You know, the, these people are killing indiscriminately. They're causing unrest. And I do not believe that Hamas represents Palestine. They are a terrorist group. They are a terrorist group that is being funded directly by Iran. And guess where the weapons came from, ladies and gentlemen? Let's go back for just a brief moment to Joe Biden and Afghanistan. Do you remember when we all started getting out of Afghanistan and the planes were taking off and President Biden was like, we got thousands of citizens and diplomats from those countries and uh, we were able to get all of them out. Do you remember that? And do you remember what happened with the weapons and the tanks? When we left all of our weapons behind, we left, according to a report on foreignpolicy.com, which quoted the Pentagon and a national security reporter, the United States left billions of dollars worth of weapons in the Afghanistan. And we now see Hezbollah has given them to Hamas. That is correct. We have left behind billions of dollars from Afghanistan in a failed policy from the Biden administration. We just gave $6 billion to Iran and to, you're going to use it for humanitarian efforts, ladies and gentlemen. But we also left billions of dollars in weaponry into the hands of people that are terrorists, that are indiscriminately killing people in Israel right now. The report states, we left $7 billion worth of weapons and equipment back when we left. $7 billion. That is enough to fund a couple countries' war efforts during this time. During that time, the former Afghan consul, uh, Zelgai Sajad, had said, with these weapons, the Taliban are feeling power to implement their barbaric rules on the people of Afghanistan. Well, guess who else got their hands on this? Iran. Iran through their uh, other, <laughs> with their connections through Tehran. And we now know in this long-term plan that the Biden administration is looking like a bunch of absolute morons in their foreign policy in how we left. So it makes no, uh, it's not shocking to me when I see now that we are sending warships and jets to the Middle East. Why are we sending warships and jets to the Middle East? Because we know what they have and what could come next. They're showing their strength against Hamas, a terrorist group, a country. Does that mean that we're going to have to show our strength 
to Iran. Does that mean Hezbollah will be involved? Are we on the brink of World War III? At some point in time, you got to call it like it is. If you have a conflict in the Ukraine with Russia and we're fighting a proxy war, sending billions of dollars to the Ukraine to fight Russia, if you have Iran who has been helping Russia with what they're doing, and then a destabilized Israel, and you have a president that's vowing support for Israel's security, saying it's unwavering, and then you have Israel saying they're going to turn the Gaza Strip, 2.2 million people, into glass today. Well, that tells me that we are getting entangled into a lot of foreign wars and a possible disaster scenario if peace talks and calmer minds don't prevail. There was this rave going on in the desert somewhere in the country. And I had to look because I thought that this was a fake video. I was like, there's no way this is real. They are paragliding in Hamas, paragliding in the kill and massacre the people that are at this huge music festival. How did that happen? How did they get the means to paraglide on in? Well, Iranian intelligence officials are uh, being accused by the United States, and now Hamas is saying it's true, with planning the surprise attack on Israel. So this is not just an attack of a terrorist organization. This is an attack of one country onto another country, another state. That is not just an act of a terrorist attack of war. That is an attack of war from one country to the next. At what point? Do they respond? Now, here's why you should be really, really kind of scared. How many nuclear weapons do you think Israel has? Their tiny little country they have there. Well, according to the Arms Control Center, they are believed to possess 90 plutonium-based nuclear warheads with enough plutonium production to create 100 to 200 weapons. Now, that's a report that came out on Sunday. So not only do we have to worry about Iran and whether or not they've gotten more nuclear capabilities, but we also now have the means for Israel to use nuclear weapons on Iran to use it near Gaza in a tactical way in order to send a very firm message. And then what did we have just a few days ago from Vladimir Putin? Didn't Vladimir Putin just recently talk about nuclear weapons and what his uh, threat would be? I believe it was on Friday. He started rattling the old saber, saying that any use of a nuclear-powered missile anywhere in the world, whether it is by air or by sea, would be responded to with Russia launching thousands of of nuclear weapons and ending the world. Now that is Vladimir Putin going out saying, you know, he's kind of had it with what's going on in Ukraine and uh, people talk about nuclear weapons. But if all of a sudden Israel starts doing this and we have our aircraft carriers over in that area, will Russia look at that as the United States condoning and saying it was okay for Israel to do so? 
You should be concerned. Extremely concerned. I am. That's why I'm dedicating this entire podcast today to this topic. It would be very easy for me to go live in a hole and ignore this entire headlines. And it would be easy for me just to parrot what everybody else is reporting on it. But that's not what I hope to do. What I hope to do is to educate you on this is a conflict of the last 100 years. It is a conflict that over the last 20 years has gotten out of control. It's a conflict that once again, the UN is involved in just like Ukraine and Russia. It is a conflict of which another country, Iran, is backing a conflict, which means it's an act of war of Iran against Israel. It is a conflict of which Israel is not innocent in any way, shape, or form against Palestine because they've been occupying land and killing thousands of people over the last several decades. And we have the United States and our presidents that are standing alongside Israel when I'm sitting here asking people, yes, I know that we have citizens there. We need to get them home. But why do we have to back anybody in this? Why are we part of the UN? Now, I know that that's going to ruffle some feathers here on this fine Monday morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you're listening. But the point is this. We should be a force for peace, not a force for strength through violence. Why? Because we should be beyond the lack of peace talks at this point in time. We should be the one that is saying, hey, Russia, Ukraine, how do we come to peace instead of throwing billions of more dollars at the problem? We should be the one that says, no, you don't have access to our aircraft carriers uh, for this conflict with Hamas. You have your Iron Dome. You have plenty of your own stuff. We're staying out of it because this could lead to a larger conflict with Iran. We got a president who's out bragging yesterday that they canceled $127 and billion, $127 billion in student debt for 3.6 million Americans. I'd like to know why we are more concerned with war than we are feeding the hungry. Why we're more concerned about what's going on in these countries than we are about taking care of the homeless. Why we're more concerned about what's going on with terrorist groups that we're probably only going to tick off at ourselves instead of focusing on how do we support our own American citizens. And within all of this, we got a problem. And that problem is our border. And I alluded to it earlier. I have plenty of people telling me that we have terrorist groups that have been coming over our borders. And this may be also a moment where they become active. So my action plans right now, if you're listening to the show and you made it to the end, you should share this show with somebody because I believe you're going to help educate them on how this conflict began and what the dangers are. And then after you share it with somebody, if they're listening to this, that's great. You're helping to educate. Second, second amendment. If you do not own means to protect yourself, the military and the police are not going to be able to protect you. Should there be a terrorist group where you live, you will have to defend 
your own families, and your own homes. You should have the means and capabilities to do so. I can only give this warning once for everybody, and that's all you're going to get. I highly, highly would recommend you don't have to all of a sudden see yourself as, oh my God, I became a gun nut overnight. Nope. But you should go educate yourself, learn about weapons, go to a firing range, learn safe usage, and own for your own Second Amendment. And then the last part, Joe Biden is not caring about you. And I'm not sure that any of these politicians actually care about you. At some point in time, and I don't know what this action plan looks like, but we've got to figure out as citizens of this great country, how do we band together and take care of ourselves together without the snake oil salesmen and lobbyists and everybody else that are selling us out repeatedly to foreign countries, foreign wars, making us less safe, more blowback to institutional damage. Because these presidents are failing us repeatedly. Even maybe your own beloved president, whichever one it might have been in your lifetime. None of them, none of them, are serving your best interest right now. We are in a military industrialized complex. We have liars that continually go and they serve at the behest of the voters. And if you're not tired of it by now, whew, I don't know why you're still uh, rooting it on because most Americans, according to the reports, are sick and tired of both sides, Democrats and Republicans. And I'm really sick to see that the politicization of Palestine and Israel right now and the side taking when both sides are wrong and Hamas as a terrorist group is being backed by a foreign country that is at war with another country and people are staying asleep at the wheel. Well, today I'm waking you up and I'm asking you take action through education of others. All right, everybody, that is all for today. I'll be back on Wednesday with another show here on the America Out Loud Network. And on Tuesday, video content on my X page, Rumble page, and all socials where you can find me at America Emboldened at RealGregBolden on X.com. That's it. That's all. I hope I honored your time well. And uh, everybody stay safe out there. Keep your eyes open, but no fear as you move forward. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Mm-hmm.